How's it going, guys? I am here with my amazing friend and just killer in the business. Um, we've known each other for a few years, but she's a rock star in what she does. The Literally the example of hard work. We've been talking since 7 o'clock in the morning, and now it's 8 <laughs> o'clock, and we're doing the podcast here at 8 o'clock. Victoria Waldorf, so good to have you, my friend. Hector, this is such a pleasure to be with you. You've been there with me since day one when I first got my license, and look at us now. Yeah. This we've, is so we've cool. Come a long way. So <laughs> cool. Long way. So I'm happy to be here with you. Likewise. Well, thank you for taking the time. Um, I wanted to bring you on on today's podcast just because we always have so much to talk about, so much to share with everyone, right? So one of the things that I do when when I'm coaching someone or just talking to someone in general, mm-hmm. they always ask, "Hey, what do you see other people doing that's working?" Right? And yeah. and you're, I mean, you've been such a great role model, not only in business, but you know how you conduct personal matters, you know, family, I mean, everything. So you know, I just wanted yeah. to kind of. Pick your brain and see what we can get together here and awesome. share with you know our audience today. Okay. So um, so for everybody out there, I'm Victoria Waldorf with Sync Brokerage. I'm proud to be at Sync Brokerage. It's a luxury boutique agency that my office is here in Studio City, so that's why we're here today meeting. And um, I've been an agent for five years. So I just hit my five-year mark in February. And... Um, it seems I, like you've been doing this for 10 years, 15 years, I, I swear. I think, it's, <laughs> I think it's a little bit of my life experiences and business background coming into real estate and some past lives that just kind of pull it all together where real estate has just been the perfect meet, yeah. meeting for me, meeting place. Yeah, it's not everyone can, can get into the business as easy as you did. Like you, it's just, I remember from the day you started just how easy you assimilated into the business, how just the flow of of the of, how you conduct business in, in, in real estate as you you see people door knocking, cold calling, yeah. everything you do and you do it completely different, but yet you're just yeah. thriving. So that's just a prime yeah. example of how not every formula is the one you have to follow. You can have your own style, your own niche and still do amazing in business. This is just for any any type of business that you do, right? Yeah. Regardless if it's real estate or whatever. Exactly. So I've yeah. learned that. I learned that in real estate. Um, and at the beginning, I did. I made cold calls. I did door knocking. And then I kind of realized where my niche was. And it um, it was probably right around when COVID hit okay. that I kicked up yeah. to where my niche is. And um, and then with COVID, where we kind of, you know, we, were, we weren't essential for a couple of weeks and all of a sudden we became essential again, but we really couldn't go out. And all of my skills that I actually had used in life in general of loving to write notes to people, of actually making phone calls. It's like now it's actually getting to what I really wanted to do is actually reach out to people who I love and you know adore, have had you know raised my four kids, have been in touch with tons of people my whole life, and it finally gave me the opportunity to actually do my business, but actually reach out to all those people I knew, and it all fit in a perfect crazy storm for me to do what I love to do, and that's how my business kind of took off. So let, let's take it let's take it back a notch, right? So one of the things that like we always hear is like, well, because we're not born coming into real estate, right? Or like it's not a, one of those things like I want to be a doctor, astronaut, but yeah. what did what brought you to real estate and what did you do before that's helping you with that skill set that you're you're okay. utilizing today so i started off um raising my four children so i have four kids three sons and my daughter which are and, all super cool by the way i know the mom they're all, well i think yeah. i know just two of them as a, okay. i think you met them yeah, all I have, actually yeah, could I think be, you yeah. have. now that i think yeah in yeah. little pieces but yeah, yeah. Different, different different scenarios places, yeah. <laughs> so um my four kids um that was my career my career raising them was, was stay-at-home mom um, at the same time, I've always been an entrepreneur at heart and where I really spent some of my 
time was actually in nonprofits and doing a lot of volunteering work behind the scenes besides raising the kids and um, raised over a million dollars in different charities. Um, And I think that was my skill set knowing, but I didn't realize that that was going to take that into a business sense later on. So, um, so I did nonprofit. I did start my own company back in 2009. It was a headwear business called Gogi Girl Headwear Design Company. Oh, really? Oh, nice. So I, um, I started that company back, um, when I found a hat line that I wanted to design and created it. So I actually had developed that into a, a business where I had 14 reps around the United States and launched it into Canada as well. And the company is, the company is still going. Learn something every day. (laughs) So that's my entrepreneurial side of starting something from scratch and like learning how to do it. And I used to travel around the country, meet with my reps and go to different country clubs and resorts and sell my product. (laughs) And so so from there, um, life took a shift and, um, I've always had a love of wine and Which we're going to be we're gonna, presenting today. We're doing a blind tasting <laughs> with Hector today. Just I thought that would be fun. And so um, I actually, um, for a couple of years, um, when my kids were finished with school, I actually moved up to Central Coast and I lived in Los um, Alamos. And I okay. actually was a tasting room manager at two different um, wineries. So that's where the love for wine comes, your love for wine. Yeah. I do have a love for wine. I've always loved it. And um, I just always... I love the um, diversity of wine and how it's unique and every bottle is different and all the varietals. And I actually went back to school and took four courses, um, actually UC qualified courses in wine and, um, and grapes and regions and countries and all that. And then that's when I decided to move up to wine country for a couple of years and actually that's just amazing. 365 days. I want to see the full cycle of the grapes growing, the change over the season, how they ran the business. The podcast with Gary Vee. So I, Gary V, that's how he started with the wine podcast. For all you guys yeah, that know Gary yeah. V, he started his podcast with, with yeah. wine. <laughs> so I, I had that passion, but I missed Los Angeles. I missed my friends. I missed my family. Um, and I've always loved real estate. I've always loved design. I've always looked at the market. I've always watched the market. It really was probably just the timing for me to finally get my license and all the skill sets I've had from all the past lives. That's where it's totally fit kind into of. real estate. Naturally, organically, I should say. Yeah. I mean, you had already experiences from different type of business ventures, so it just works. And in the context, right? That's why one of the first things we do when we get into real estate is your sphere of influence. That's the yeah. first thing you did. Yeah. And I mean, you thrived from, right from the beginning. So it just, it just shows yeah. that you did right even prior to getting into real estate by having all those resources. I mean, you work pretty intense, you know, pretty hard. But yeah, yeah. I think that that did kind of give you that launch right off the bat. Give me a good launch. Um, I think work ethic is a big part of this. I am so driven and I love to serve people. So the fact that I get to help people doing something I love and help them with something that's one of the biggest decisions Absolutely. that they make in their life, whether they're selling or, or moving out of state and how do we do this? Where do we start? And um, I think people have now been watching me to see what I've been doing. And there's a trust, there's a huge trust factor that they know that I can get them from A to B, no matter what the scenario is, and that I will be by their side until the you know till we're done. And I stay in touch with everybody afterwards because the experience is usually so cool to help yep. them get through that. It's just it's just amazing to be a part of such an amazing career. Yep. Very blessed. Well, and now we are to here today. So so. What, how are we going to start this? <laughs> so these are two wines. I'll talk a little for a second about this winery. This is called Pacella Winery. Uh, I born and raised Los Angeles. This is actually a local winery 
in Santa Clarita, but they sourced the grapes primarily from Paso Robles, which is big central coast um, where they grow a lot of Rhone wines. Um, primarily, I'd say uh, there's a lot of varietals grown there, but um, it's, it's a nice convenient location for people from Los Angeles. You can get there in three hours. Napa is eight hours. So it's kind of a Santa Barbara County, just north of Paso, Paso's where the grapes come from here. But anyway, I thought I'd pick a couple of bottles and so I know much. Hector doesn't know much about wine, <laughs> but you know what? Um, there's some similarities in one of these between the two. So anyway, I thought this would be kind of a fun way to yeah. there's teach nothing, you a little bit there's about There's nothing something. like just chatting and having a drink. So <laughs> I'm more of a mezcal type of guy, but I need to get my more knowledge on wine because everyone's like, do you drink wine? I'm like, sure. Just give me red wine. Right. Well, I did bring you two reds. <laughs> Because at the end of a day like this, I might go home myself and have a glass of Sauvignon Blanc, which is one of my favorites. But, um, okay, so pour for you first. Thank you. Can't get better than this, guys. Come on, seriously. All right. Joe Rogan does it with whiskey. We're doing with wine. Ah. (laughs) Okay, so, okay, so that one is that. And I'm going to open the next one. Okay. So tell me about the market right now, Hector. Tell me what's going on with the interest rates. Since I almost call you daily, say, help me. What's it at now? Since people are asking me, you're my go-to to ask what's it going on. So I actually do mortgage on the side. No, I'm just playing. I'm actually lender with Lending Hub. <laughs> Everyone's like, are you a personal trainer? What do you do, influencer? I'm like, I wish. No, um, no, I do mortgage. My company is Lending Hub. But, you know, obviously I have a love for, for social media and just sharing, you know, just I've I just so much content out there and I, I always like to share that you know back with the community so um, right now the market on the lending side so actually we just had the Fed meeting last week and what's interesting is that a lot of the a lot of the talk was that for the first time since um, the CPI reports have been paused over the last few uh, reports where the um, consumer price index which is inflation has been coming down for the first time, the Fed decided not to bump the rates up again. For the first time, first for time. how long? It's been now forever. What, a year and a half. Yeah. I mean, well, it's been a year and a half since they started um, raising rates, right? right. Because the, the rates Because every meeting, down. there's been like a quarter or a half. Quarter, and half. every time I call you, I'm like, oh no, yeah. what is so, it now? So the Fed rate is completely separate from mortgage rates. So the Fed rate is more of like revolving debt when we're talking about um, credit card debt, car loans, all that kind of revolving debt, credit lines, HELOCs, that's where you the Fed rate would be more implemented. But mortgage companies or mortgage-backed securities typically follow trend, right? If the market is going up where just regular credit card debt is going up, then uh, mortgage companies will naturally raise their rates as well. In this case, for the first time, because all the data that was projection, inflation was finally coming down, they're starting to taper it. Um, the Fed said, well, we're not going to bump it. This time we're going to skip it. So they left it untouched. And we thought that that was going to have some type of positive impact on rates because rates, we closed market last week at 6.99 on right. a 30-year fix. Right. We're down to like 6.8. It's a little it's a little drop. It's not significant, but again, it's positive news. Yeah. But I think all of that information that we were getting since they spoke about that since the last Fed meeting, the market adjusted already. So now that it actually happened, I think everyone's just being precautious of the market of what's going to happen. So I think that's why mortgage is still mortgage rates are still pretty steady right. in the high sixes. Okay. Still good though. Still good. And so um whoever tastes wine they'll tell you about what I've seen in the market in the last 3 days. How about that? So smell you're going to go this is the same one as that. So, okay, so try this, this one? one first. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you smell it first and look at it. See if you see the color on it. It's kind of hard. We should have had a white paper but 
There's a wet paper over here. And you kind of look around the color to see if it's on the color on the sides. And actually, what's kind of cool is if you can see both of these, can you see through one of them more than the other? Kind of, yeah. This one's a little lighter. The one we're doing now, mm -hmm. I find it's a little It lighter. is. Okay, so yeah. ke keep that as a clue, okay? It is a little bit lighter than the one that I did second on there. Okay, so... Okay. It's good. Okay. It is definitely the second one's darker. Um, so back to your point on the, the market. So I've had several listings this year. Almost every property I've had has had multiple offers after the first weekend. You guys hear that? Multiple offers after the first weekend. So, so people who are Market's saying people low. are not buying or they're hesitant or they're being cautious because the inventory is still so low. Um, there is so many buyers out there. So I have a newest listing that just came on the market last Thursday in Burbank. Beautiful <clears> house <throat> built in 1940. Um, 1141 square feet, two bedroom, one bath with a bonus room, 7,000 square foot lot. Gorgeous. Intact. It's yesteryear with all of the modern parts of dual pane windows and all that. I had over 80 buyers come through this wow. weekend alone just in the first weekend I, you had 80 buyers 80 buyers and i just came straight from the open house i get it did another one from 4 to 6 p.m today and there was another 25 people that came through on a tuesday from 4 to 6 p.m so if people are thinking about selling yeah. and they're thinking there's nobody buying because they're hearing the news that people are kind of settled there's so many buyers out there. There's just not and enough, there's houses, enough yeah. houses. There's not enough houses. So there's correct. enough that are willing to know that they can jump into this market, even if the rate is at seven, six point eight to seven, they're going to jump in um, because they're going to get a house, and they know if they hold on to the house for three or five years. If you saw anybody else who bought a house three or five years ago, is so grateful they bought their house, got their foot in the door. It's the same with real estate. Period. Real yeah. estate is always one of the biggest investments you can make. And these people who are just it's trusting, knowing yeah. that real estate is a you know great place to put their pro you know their money, they're out there. And we have to remember one thing. Um, I can't remember which article was. We'll have to look it up. But there was I heard that there was big institutions, which big money. These are national uh, um, from government institutions to private banks buying out residential properties, uh, single family residents. So I was talking about this with one of my buddies today. Um, if that happens where you have institutions coming in and buying millions of prop single family residents, it's because they believe that the real estate market is going to sustain. That's the yeah. only thing rather than investing into crypto. And this is not financial advice for everyone, right. for anyone. But, you know, a lot of people put money in crypto um, stocks, you know, whatever stock market. But the fact that they're taking their money out from bonds and, and stocks and they're putting it into the real estate market and they're not buying two, three houses, they're buying thousands of properties right. per city. Because they have, you know, these are hedge funds, big corporations, um, institutions. So it's that historical. Just shows you, yeah, it's historical. It just shows you that they have, they have, they know that something, you know, that yeah. that's where the money is yeah. pretty much. But land is always there. You can't grow more land. It's always Correct. there. Yeah. And it's historical. At the end of the day, people always go back to real estate. Yeah. They know I that agree. it's a great place to put their investment, their money. So, so that's, I mean, at the end of the day, I think that's where we're at, where, yeah. you know, lack of inventory is the main problem that we have, especially here in California. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. there's always, there's always buyers. Well, and people are always saying right now, especially in California, they're like, oh my gosh, you know, everybody's leaving the state. They're not all leaving the state. There's a lot of people who are leaving the state. There's a lot of people who are coming into California for different reasons. I just met an executive that came in because of the studios. So there's a lot of reasons yeah. why California, we're still, 
such an amazing place with our weather, our beaches, our mountains. You know, there's so many positives that we have here. I'm third generation, so... You can snowboard up in two hours, or you can go to the beach in 30 minutes. You can do it all in one day. (laughs) You can do it in one day if you want to. Yeah. But um, I'm third generation Angelino, so it's just for me, it is just so many selling points. And I understand people leaving, but there's plenty of people coming and staying, and generations who are having children who want to be here next to family and be here. So, so tell me about the second option. So, what is okay, this? Okay, first okay. one. Okay, okay. first one. What did you think? I like it. Yeah, I like it. It's um, the, I like the smell. It's actually pretty good. Okay, has a little bit of a um. What did you see on on the end of it? You tasted it. What, did you get any kind of? It doesn't have to be a certain. Just a feel on your tongue. That's what you're looking for yeah. on your palate. Yeah. No, it definitely tastes good. Um. I can't, I can't say I identify the taste, but it definitely tastes good. Does it feel a little peppery on your palate at yeah. the end? Okay, that's kind of signature for what this kind of blend is. This is a blend. Okay. I'll tell you then what this is. Okay, now let's go to the second one. So this one's darker, right? Okay. Yeah, on the color. This one. is one of the darkest, reddest wines you will find in the market. Um, it actually um, has a good nose on it. It's softer smelling than that one, a little bit in yeah. a way. Yeah, this one, I think this one smells a little softer than this one, right? Oh, but at the end. Okay, so now feel, this one was right on your tongue, peppery, and this one was the whole mouth. Yeah. Like your whole cheeks are probably puckering yeah. a little bit, right? Yeah, I thought it was more like, does it, is it stronger because of the alcohol or is tannins. it? Tannins. What is it? It's tannins. Oh, okay. So That's tannins why, yeah. from the skin of the, of the grape. Okay. So this one is definitely, has a lot more tannins. Didn't even look to see what years I was pulling. Oh, okay. This is a year um, younger, the second one. So um, anyway, that's tannins you're tasting. So the first one you're tasting, this is actually Rhone varietals. First one is actually Grenache. Okay. Um, uh, Grenache, uh, Syrah, and Mouvedre. In the wine world, they call this a GSM. Okay. So this is actually called Rhone varietals. They're the three most um, common grapes that they blend together. Um, to make a uh, a blend of Rhone varietals, yeah. Got it. Okay. This is 100% Syrah. Okay. So this is one of the grapes that they would have blended to make this blend. So this is more like of a pure. It's one a pure taste. 100% yeah. varietal. Got it. So okay. this is 100% Syrah. So this one, actually, the first one is great with all kinds of meals, spicy meals, because um, it has a little bit of a balance to it. Um, Grenache is Grenache in Spain. It's one of the the most produced varietals there is in the world. Um, Syrah has a little bit more of a, it's a, um, higher tannin, straw, a Grenache itself is more like a, it can be more like a strawberry-ish. And then when you get to a Syrah, it's more blackberry. Okay. Got it. Um, yeah. this is your steak. If you're going to have a big steak, and this I, is the I wine you want to go to, a Syrah. Yeah, because when I, when we What's go eat? out those steakhouses and everyone's ordering wine, I'm just like staring at this Everybody like, orders yeah. cab often. Yeah. But um, Syrah is such a good steak wine. Um, or if you have like a um, truffle mushrooms, something with mushrooms in it that has a little bit of it. So it actually balances that. They both really go well with spicy foods, by the way. Okay. Mexican so, food? We usually don't Always. Have. We usually do Coronas. <laughs> coronas with um, Cerveza, Mexican food. Yeah, your little tequila at the end there. <laughs> so anyway, this is Grenache. A lot of people, if, if this is too much of a... A single varietal, they will go to a GSM if they're having company. If somebody, you know, if this have something that would go common around the table. So, and this one right here is looking at the blend. This is fifty-one. So it's fifty-one percent Grenache, thirty-three percent Syrah, sixteen percent Mouvedre. And Mouvedre is often a uh, blending grape that they use in wines. 
So sometimes they do it by itself, but obviously. They're both really good. To be honest, yeah, I like both tastes really, really good. I think I I lean a little bit more towards the taste of this one, if if I'm if I'm honest. On the first one? The second one, so Syrah is um it's a varietal that stays on the vine. Um, it can handle a lot of heat. It's a thicker um skin, which is where that tannin comes from. And so it can handle the heat and um it's just a, a bigger wine, so it's better actually if you were drink eating with it. Okay, so that's maybe why. That's why, yeah. The, the, if you had like some meat or, yeah. or 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 a um actually like if you have a cheese that has a lot of flavor, like a blue cheese or something mm. with it, that helps balance with it. By itself, it's a big wine. Okay, so uh, that's why this amazing. would be more that you can just sit there and sip on. This one needs a little bit of food to go with it. So today we're we're experimenting with two red wines, but soon we'll switch it up and then we're gonna do a mezcal one, and I'm gonna teach you how to drink mezcal. Oh, I know. <laughs> I don't know how we're gonna walk out of here with this guy. No. Uh, so, what would you, what would you share? For, let's just talk in general, right? Someone's okay. getting into the business, because um, you get this question, right? Like a lot of people come into business. Hey, can I shadow you for a few days yeah. or whatever? What's like the top three things you would recommend to someone coming into the real estate industry, where they say they want to do business? What would you recommend to them? Okay, I first would ask them if they really are serious, if they just kind of are serious about hard work and working hard, ethic, work ethic, um, willing to learn, be willing to listen, be willing to make mistakes and dust that, you know, dust that off and get right back up into it. Because this is a business where you're always learning. Um, and also, I think somebody who thinks they want to do it part-time, this is not the career to do part-time. You can't do you can't do something else and say I think I'm gonna nibble you know just nibble in real estate. This is a full time business because part of it is clients will call me and I I will not say this is the best thing especially for your personal life but to build your business just as if I have I always picture this like a storefront like I have a little store yeah and if I had a store and my little sign at the front with a little count you know the little clock that they put up there that says oh we're closed from one to two and you get there and like ah shoot you know yeah. i gotta come back at two well if that little clock was off from one to two and all of a sudden they move the dial and it's off from four to five and then it's off from seven till the next morning at nine it's probably not a store i'm going to visit very often because i know i can't get my foot in the door and i have to catch them when they're there that to me would be like a part-time real estate agent yeah i see full-time real estate agent to me is somebody who is available um is willing to put things aside to be there for their clients and um it is full time and and full time for me to build up my business as quickly as ramped up as i've gone has been really 12 to 15 hour days and i've pretty much yeah. been doing this seven days a week almost the way through now i do have gotten figured out where i can finally take a, a trip here and there um i'm still working from my trips yeah, I'm never and far away. And I can away. attest to that. And that, that's one of the things that we talk about, right? So when people ask balance, I think that when you're starting in this business, like you said, there really is no balance. You yeah. you have to work. Like th this this business would give will give you a lot of the benefits that people only dream of, right? But you have to work your ass off. There's yeah. just no other way. If you're looking to have four hour work weeks, this is not the business for no. you. No, no. It's just that's and, the reality. And the reality is, um, I work almost every weekend. Yeah. I don't, you know, when people say, oh, are you doing this weekend? I'm like, then they know, you know, yeah. I, I'm I mean, I've been trying working. to catch you for some just personal invitations for events that I do and something like that. And you're always, you're uh, always running, but that's, but that's what it is. Right. And that's where you see that it, that's how you convert. You're working yeah. nonstop. And you get to the point where in, as on the business side, um, 
I plan on bringing building a team and then I can leverage my time at the same time I'm excited I would love to have I'm building my team with people who are want to learn the same way and work as hard as I do because that's what I would love to train on is is that part of it yeah so and there's a lot of facets of it I mean I do love marketing I love houses themselves I love the people side of it so there's a lot to learn and just be willing like I said again willing to learn huge willing to listen yeah you have to be coachable Coachable especially when you're starting yeah because it's definitely not easy definitely not easy yeah which I think is similar in a lot of businesses you know so it's it's a it's definitely you could be an introvert and an extrovert everybody I'm an extrovert but um Introverts can do this too, you know. There's it's it it does fit for a lot of overall personalities, um, but you definitely have to be willing to go talk to strangers. You can't be a secret agent, yeah. you know. If you if somebody says nobody knows what you're doing, you, and people you do have this, to yeah. know what you're doing. And if you're afraid yeah. to tell people what you do, because in the day people say, "Oh, I'm a realtor," well, they they would attribute it to other salespeople that they may have not high esteem for i'm really proud actually to be a realtor yeah it is a it's a business where i feel so um serving in what i do and 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 i love to just to be able to make a good name for being a realtor like you said you have to treat it as a business a lot of times people just treat it like as a hobby or like i'm just doing this part-time or or they they see the million dollar listing tv show and then they want they think that they're gonna start right off the bat doing something like that which we know it's not the case yeah so yeah they don't understand the the process and the 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 hard work you know that that'd be i mean when i got started in in mortgage um (laughs) hi to walid delawari from delaware pacific my buddy um i mean he was he's a beast right so i remember when i got started it was like 8 a.m first one to, i would be at the office sometimes 7 30 and i wouldn't leave to eight o'clock at yeah. night and i started as his assistant and then from assistant i was like doing assistant for the processor and then i started doing back-end stuff for processing and and that's how i learned you know yeah. because i had to learn the back-end part and then the so the sales the sale part like like selling talking to agents yeah. what well, that was the natural part for me that was easy but learning the the mortgage part about it the guidelines make sure that it I, and thank god up to up to now almost eight years in the industry i've never you know uh, dropped the loans which is great you know but yeah. that's because i always do my due diligence before and yeah. i make sure that i can take on if i commit to a loan i gotta make sure that i can close it so yeah but that was a hard work you know and a lot yeah. of people think that oh well whatever you, you can do whatever you want now that's not the case yeah and the people that are not in business or the ones that are not going to survive are the ones that that have never been through difficult times because they're not going to survive they get once things tighten up a little bit they're going to run for the hills so if you go to be an armadillo and you want to crawl up in that shell and because somebody said something to you you're like this is not your business yeah um you know i I, i've got a lot of clients out there and in in some 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 um of the transactions i've done have been just easy peasy and then some are complicated and when it gets to the complicated ones I've learned, you know, and this is through life. Um, you don't take things personal. You know, it's you just do the one. best you can to be the best person you can be every day. You give your best. And at the end of the day, I know I can go to sleep and I, I sleep well. Even though this <laughs> business, sometimes we, it's like we got to put on such a nice face, but behind closed doors, we're just you like, know? Just slap someone. <laughs> that's why you go to the gym. That's why Tell you go to the gym. Yeah, that's, I think I that's why we all go to the gym. gym. 
I always say, guys, gym is my therapy for yeah. you guys. Know, and I post because it's like I work out because otherwise I'll be end up killing someone by the end of the day <laughs> if I'm not working out. No, it's 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 great. Yeah. Um, I mean, I and and that's part of what you do too. You not only do you find time to train physically, yeah. train yeah. you still work and you do everything. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's just it's amazing to see what you've accomplished and you know yeah. and what you're doing you're again you're a prime example that you know you can get into the business and as long as you put in the hard work you can you can do well so yeah um i've enjoyed having the wine with you thank you um this has been great yeah it's, i have to bring you some different yeah, riders and we might sure. have to try your side of it but we have to make well, sure we can we'll have to do something <laughs> with some escal maybe <laughs> switch it up a little bit just want to okay. say thank you for your time you are it's so good to so share with you um how do you want to close let's share something that you haven't shared with anyone yet as far as the business give us a little story oh. or something what, what can you share with us i will say this um on um I, my dad is 86 years old okay and so every day um i've i was calling my mom and dad my mom is not at home anymore but my dad's there to answer the phone call my dad every single day usually around six o'clock and first words out of his mouth how was the day Amazing. I think part of it is what keeps him going. He he's so excited. He was an entrepreneur and a business person. Must and, be proud to see everything you're doing. And actually. it's just like he goes, "Okay, tell me what's going on. How was the real estate world?" And it is just so nice to have um, him to answer the phone on the other end and somebody that just believes in me and just says, "You know what? Just keep going, girl." Amazing. So people probably don't know that, but that's my daily call. It's is amazing. to my father and uh, he came to Father's Day with me on uh, sat with open house yeah. open I house saw, I saw and sat video, yeah. some people <laughs> amazing, he gets yeah. in the car and he goes okay put me to work I'm like here's a sign dad I'm gonna put one on this corner you can put one on that corner he's like I'm in girl <laughs> so anyway that's, so cool. that's something that people you know people probably see me post a little bit about my dad but it is a phone call every day and in, in this business it's so nice to have family and friends who just say I believe in you you know just keep doing what you're doing and we just appreciate it. and so I do feel appreciated and I'm so blessed to have that so amazing. that's something people don't thank know you, I do every thank day thank you for sharing that that's amazing it's always good to have an anchor something grounding you back how about you um I would say my kid my yeah. kid yes it, you know something similar to that would be my kid I love you know she calls me throughout the day um dad like she'll call me for the most random thing and I just Sometimes like, you know, I can be in the middle of something important and I see her call and I want to drop everything I'm doing to yeah. answer her call. Obviously, I sometimes I can't, but it's just so sweet that she wants to share every little victory. And for her, it could be I learned something new today. She loves gymnastics. I did something new and I was able to, yeah. to land it. And she gets so proud to and just to see her eyes when she talks to dad. It's like it's you know, it's that moment. So I'm sure that's how your dad is looking at you even till today. And I'm the same with my kids. Yeah. Treasure, though. Treasure her age right now because it goes like that. Yeah. So just treasure every moment and take those calls yeah. when you can. As long as I can. As long okay. as I can. That's great. Awesome. Awesome. Cheers, well, my salud. friend. Thank uh, you so much for sharing. You're so and welcome. We'll Thanks see you guys for having on the me. Next one. Take care, you guys.